Story number one. Testimony of three witnesses. Written by Ludo Mastro. Witness Chamber, Imperial Diet, Planet Arak, Cran Homeworld. Warmaster Grook stood at his full height with two arms crossed in front of his body, and two behind. He stared down at the commotion in the witness chamber. None dared to approach one of the warrior cast in such a pose. Court sycophants were flailing over themselves in an effort to speak over two witnesses ahead of their formal testimony before the Diet. He irritably ground his teeth. The chamber had been a solemn place in his youth. He turned to his left. One of the mangy, misshapen kits was actually wearing some type of cloth which covered its fur. How revolting. Another was pressing the officer form the science cause on how to testify. She would have been executed in the time of his sire's sire. Not now. Not after the abdication of the venerable emperor. Now apparently was the era of the sycophant and the unblooded and the cowardly. He knew his place and his role. He was a war master. For him and those of his line, it was more than a title. It was a message to those that he'd faced the field of battle. There was nothing more that he could learn of war. He was its master. He served the empire through war. This was dictated by his caste, his family line, and, most importantly, by his oath to the emperor. Technically, he supposed his oath had been to the emperor before the venerable one's abdication. How he hated that word. Afterward, his oath was transferred to the imperial diet, or so the members of the diet claimed. He considered this for a moment. No, that was not correct. The oath, if not to the emperor, was to the empire itself. The fools in the diet would soon understand the full importance of that oath. A low growl escaped from his throat and momentarily scattered the courtiers. The time grows short, esteemed ones. We must make solemn the witness chamber so that all may consider the testimony before the Diet. None argued with him. None would dare. The object of his scorn left the room in silence. The member of the science cast bowed his head and averted his gaze in gratitude, his multicolored fur rippling in a sign of submission. The matter of the logistics cast did likewise. However, his first showed that it was not a natural and a heartfelt thing. Evidence again that the Empire had lost touch with the ancient values. Were this not a formal hearing, he might have decided to toy with the tawny little stray from logistics. Imperial Diet Assembly The Speaker purred. We now called for the testimony meeting to order. The witnesses shall provide testimony regarding the relevant question, that is, the invasion of the human worlds. The first witness is Science Officer Ron of the Clan Sort. Officer Ron, you will speak of the technological abilities of the humans. The next hour is yours. Ron gathered his wits and narrowly avoided his nervous habit of straightening his whiskers before opening his mouth. Thank you, Speaker Kruer. And thank you all for the members of the Invasion Council. I hope that the information I provide will serve the Diet well in the deliberations. Witness Chamber War Master Grick turned away from the screen carrying the science officer's words. He saw the point in watching the unfolding drama. Call it what you would. 
it would be little more than a theater planned and acted into the fullest. The science cast would play their role to the hilt. In these days before abdication, the science cast would list out the accomplishments of the worlds and the people to be invaded, then suggested perhaps there was not wise to invade. Next, the logistics cast would explain all the reasons why a campaign would be difficult and when the solutions could be prepared. He cleared his throat. It was an unpleasant thought. It would be up to him to show the Diet the correct way to answer this question. He contemplated what he had learned in the cloaked ship, stalking prey, while the three of them had gathered information in orbit of one of the human colony worlds. He had reached down, picked up the data pad, and became lost in his own thoughts, his mind unconsciously working on the only question that mattered. How should he prosecute this invasion? The training centers where human young were instructed would need to be specially marked for his troops. So too would the difference between the adults and the kits. They would be important. A sound interrupted his thoughts. It appeared that Officer Ron was wrapping up his remarks. He tilted an ear towards the speaker and listened carefully. It would seem that the science cast weren't playing their role well. No matter... He would ensure that the war was prosecuted to the best way possible. As a tawny logistics officer began speaking, he thought of the fields of food and the humans used. The vegetation would need to be targeted. The livestock, at least the humans were omnivores, could serve as a part of the supply chain. Another sound caught his attention. His ears turned towards it, the soft padded gate of the Imperial Guard. Before turning, he knew what he would see. The majestic fringe of hair surrounding the battle hardened faced. He looked with pride at the guardsmen, and before he realized what was happening, a fully formed plan, one that absolutely must happen for the good of the Empire, pounced upon his mind. Guardsmen, yes, War Master, to whom did you serve your oath? The Emperor, what do you think of this abdication? He hissed the hated word. Under normal circumstances, the mere question would brand his loyalty unacceptable. However, under the influence of this plan, it was obviously the right question. It was shameful. The quiet assurance that came from being a god of the variable ones was palpable. Yes, it was. I intend to force the diet's paw. Thus, the human question can be answered as it should be. The statement hung in the air for a moment. Although he hoped for an ally, War Master Grick tensed his muscles for a fight. I believe there are many who agreed for the old wave stand forgotten War Master. How can the gods serve the Empire? I need an old Type II pulse rifle, one compatible with the ceremonial power supplies, two bondoliers with grenades, one of which should be active Type IVs, and the guardsmen who are willing to die for the good of the Empire. The face was impassive. Tell me why. If we are not willing to sacrifice our lives, the Empire will cease to exist. The guardsmen considered this for a long time. Then you shall have them. Imperial Diet Assembly The speaker finished thanking the logistics officer when he heard the door to the witness chamber open. He turned and he saw the war master dressed for battle. His lips twitched as if to curl back to bare his sharp teeth. He calmed himself. Welcome, War Master Grick. Perhaps you plan to begin the war immediately. The verbal jab sent the wave of laughter throughout the galley.
No, Chief Counselor, I do not. The War Master used the old title from the time when only the Speaker was the Emperor himself. The usage was intentional and he knew the Speaker knew it as well. He continued, I am here to remind our people of the past. Once we conquered all who stood in our way. We swept this arm of the galaxy clean of those who would stand between us and our prey. Once, wherever we stalked, prey trembled at our passing. But now... The speaker interrupted. Warmaster, now is not the time for a history lesson. You will refrain from attempting to lecture this council or the diet. You will speak on the question of the human evasion. Do I make myself clear? Yes, of course. The rumble of surprise echoed throughout the chamber. They had expected him to bristle with the implied insult. I will serve as a witness. You may decide what to do after I complete my remarks. He picked up his data pad and sent an image to the view screen. This is the image you saw from the logistics concerning the size of the human forces. What was not shared with you was that it was not all the forces at their disposal. In times of great need, particularly war, humans augment their permanent fighting force. They would expand their forces as needed. One of the counselors asked, Would that not mean that the poorly trained, unblooded civilians, these will not be their warrior caste, thus they will be unable to face our warriors? Were it the case whether we fought in hand-to-hand -hand combat, certainly. However, what was left of that logistics presentation was that the humans have no caste system. Each individual can be trained as a warrior. There was a murmur of surprise from the Diet. No, that's not quite right. The humans that fight consider themselves soldiers. The speaker sneered. Like insects, we have destroyed dozens of insect-like races. The war master sighed. It was a tired sound, not the usual one of contentment. Humans who use pulse rifles, plasma-based weapons, and unless I'm seriously mistaken, they will resurrect the kinetic weapons of the past as well. These uh, civilian soldiers will be more than sufficiently trained to kill our warriors from a distance. The speaker again tried to score points with the diet. Then it'll be a glorious battle for the warrior caste. Surely you would not deny our fellows the glory. The war master's whiskers dropped. Shall I show you the glory that awaits them? He tapped the data pad again, and a view screen showed a large cloud formation shaped not unlike a fungus. He looked at the science officer, Ron. You know what this is, don't you? Yes, it's a fission bomb, the science officer hissed, and then, more subdued, they ignited it inside their atmosphere. Why did you not cover this during your testimony? I... He looked over at the speaker. Ah, I see. Then allow me to explain. This was one of the smaller devices that Clan America built and deployed during some war that I mentioned from earlier. They were the only clan to do so during war. He sensed more than smelled the change in the air. Yes... Multiple clans built and tested these weapons. Tell us, Science Officer Ron, what would happen to our ground troops should the humans use bombs that they have now? We would die, he meekly replied. Our shields? Broken, he averted his gaze. Our ships? Destroyed. His head dropped. The counselors began going through the speaker in confusion. Humans were not the cattle-like race on which they had been briefed. They seemed more like a warrior race. 
another counselor this time. Then could we not use their population centers as our hunting grounds? Surely that would cow their populations. It is true that their population centers will become hunting grounds. However, it'll be our warriors who will be hunted. Humans have a very long history of shadow warfare in their cities. Their wars show that quite clearly. Approximately 300 years ago, members of Clan Poland had their territory invaded by Clan Germany. Despite the difference in arms, members of Clan Poland in a population center named after a weaponized implement for cutting lumber rose up over one-sixth of the local solar cycle. In the end, more than 16,000 of these soldiers died and another 6,000 became casualties. Additionally, 200,000 non-combatants died, all of this to inflict approximately 10,000 deaths in Clad Germany. That's madness, exclaimed one of the counselors. Those rates of attrition would mean death to entire clans. The war masters fur rippled in agreement. Finally, it seemed, one of them would understand. Yes, the humans are not rational, at least not by our standard. They choose to die rather than bow their heads to a superior force. This for a single city. The speaker would have us make war with their homeworld. Fighting them will not be like fighting herds of docile prey. The speaker opened his mouth, but the war master cut him off. Allow me to share another invention of the humans developed. The view screen now showed a microscopic organism. This pathogen was developed for war. It kills quickly. It has to, because if it doesn't, it would kill them all. It was designed to kill so fast that it burned out its host before all life was extinguished. The diet members nervously adjusted themselves in their seats. The plagues of their own history were legendary. How could any race decide to use germs or viruses or prions in war? It was barbaric. It was madness. Even the Imperial Guard seemed shocked by the brutality inherent in such weapons. Allow me to read something. All warfare is based on deception. Hence, when we are able to attack, we must seem unable. When using our force, we must attack inactive. And when we are near, we must make the enemy believe that we are far away. When far away, we must make them think that we are near. The speaker, sensing the war master had gained a point, said, Do not quote the ancient path, for we are no longer bound by the dictates. We... That is not from the path of the hunt. It is from the art of war. However, I submit that War Master Tang would have a much more common with Sun Tzu and Clan of China. For a split second, the War Master took a solace in the confusion evident in the speaker's fur. Yes, humans understand war, perhaps better than we ourselves. Here is another quotation. Victorious warriors win first and then go to war while defeated warriors go to war first and then seek to win. The head of the Imperial Guard nodded. It was time. Speaker, you seek war with the humans because you think the Empire needs a distraction from the Emperor's abdication. Sadly, you will only succeed in breaking the warrior caste on the rock that is humanity. Then, assuming that they decide not to retaliate, you will rule the ruins of the once great Empire. The speaker began screaming and spitting in vehemence. The humans are food. They are little better than cattle. And a warrior class doesn't want to fight. 
Any one of us could take five or six humans in single combat. A warrior, a true warrior, would easily take ten. You are a coward. The war master calmly stood and simply absorbed the verbal abuse. Yes, one of our warriors is worth at least ten humans in a straight-up fight. However, humans will not afford us that opportunity. They will fight like our ancestors did, striking from ambush, destroying what they must do ruthlessly and completely remove our ability to fight. They will go for the collective throats and will hang there until we can no longer breathe. I will not have this body sanction an invasion that will automatically destroy our civilization. As he spoke, his hands expertly armed and set the timer of the Type 4 grenade to 15 minutes. Allow me to make this as clear as still waters. The Imperial Guard and I will show you what a fight with humanity will be. Master of the Guard, if you please. The calm nature of his words belayed the immediate impact they had. Even one of the Imperial Guards simultaneously charged their weapons. The hum of the charging weapons did nothing to hide the deeper hum, indicating that the magnetic locks on the doors had been activated. Treason! screeched the speaker. War Master Grick, you are guilty of treason! War Master Grick ignored the speaker. You must learn what kits in the warrior caste learn with their mother's milk. Stalking prey is easy. Deciding which prey to stalk is a much more important. Large, dumb prey can be brought down if you grab their throat. Small, nimble prey might not see coming. In all cases, you must know your prey before you strike. He inhaled before speaking again. You do not know humanity, he paused, and that should terrify you. And there are times to fight and the times that you must not. This is one of those times when we must not. We must not start a fight with an enemy that'll fight like a cornered Tavar. And you would have us agree with this while your claws are at our throats. The Chancellor growled. The grenade's audible timer echoed ominously throughout the assembly. I will use what tools are available to deliver the words I must. The sadness in War Master Grick's voice was clear to all. Guardsmen, step forward. A member of the Imperial Guard stepped forward. The War Master looked at the speaker. I assume you plan to give someone the order to invade the humans after I'm dead. The speaker instantly answered, Yes, I will. We are conquerors. What place do we have in the universe if not to rule? With anger in his voice, Guardman, kill the War Master Grick. The guardsman lowered the antiquated sidearm and simply waited as War Master Grick fired. The Type II pulse rifle that should have been without power ripped through the guardsman rich red blood and spilled out. The war master looked at the Imperial Guard. You heard the speaker. Come, die for the Empire. One by one, the Imperial Guard stood in front of the war master and waited until he took the shot that would kill each of them. The collective tails of the died members twitched helplessly as he executed a dozen guards who were supposed to keep them safe. When he reached the head of the Imperial Guard, he stopped and addressed the assembly. I am one crown with a single grenade and an old rifle. Were I on the battlefield, I would be no threat. You outnumber me sixty to one. You have claws and fangs. Yet you cower in fear and wait for the god to do what you will not. Humans will destroy the Empire's warriors, not because they are stronger, but because they follow the path of the hunt better than we do. 
He stepped further back into the witness box. These men died so that you could see what I've been trying to tell you. We cannot fight the humans. It is better that they die by my hands than to fight the battle that will awaken a sleeping giant. The grenade's timer rose to a crescendo. War Master Grook held it close to his chest. I am no longer worthy of the name War Master. In the humans, I found my masters in the art of war. Do not let their sacrifice be in vain. The explosion was contained by the witness box and by the modifications the War Master had made to the grenade. None of the died members were harmed. However, a few would need to clean their fur. The head of the Imperial Guard turned to face the speaker. The Emperor saw what you could not. He saw the same thing War Master Grick did. The path of the hunt includes the ability to admit that you are wrong. It includes the acknowledgement that we might not always be the strongest. That perhaps destroying our empire to win a war is no victory. It also means that if we avoid war to save the empire, it is no defeat. The speaker collapsed into a fit of rage. He had been outwitted by a dead man. Counselor Growl stood and raked his claws over the speaker's face. I name you traitor. Here and now I call you a mangy, spiteful, pathetic excuse of a crown. You had a venerable one killed and decreed that we must call it abdication. You claimed as justification that he was old and unfit to lead. Yet you never challenged his rule, he spat. Under the old code, I challenge you for leadership of the empire. The diet was silent. There had been no challenge for leadership in more than 500 years. The members collectively learned closer to watch the resulting carnage. Imperial Palace, Iraq, one year later. Emperor Growl stood above and behind the Council of State. Guardsmen flanked him on either side. They watched as the human war master walked into the room passing in front of the statue of War Master Grook and between the statues of the honorable dozen to either side. She came alone, armed with only a pistol. She bowed her head and did not avert her eyes. I'm grateful for your invitation to participate in joint military exercises, Venerable One. The Emperor stepped forward. We are grateful that you accepted, Admiral. Perhaps your people can teach ours something of war. The Admiral bared her teeth. Perhaps we can. End of story.